Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. God gave me a Ferrari because I am a Ferrari. You're a Ferrari too. When God made you, he had all the options put on. You are fully loaded and totally equipped. So do this with me. Where did we ever come up with the style of preaching we have today? There is some entertaining preaching, but not convicting preaching, and the legacy has been tragic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's learn some lessons from the little growing pain. This is Direction Radio. Catchy, very catchy. Can't have a sitcom hit without a catchy opening tune, and this certainly was one of them, wasn't it? The little growing pain of finding himself in the Christian hot seat, and you should be prepared to join him sooner than later. Why? The little growing pain decided to write a book, How Dare He, on Faith and Family. He decided what better place to share it than a public, government-funded, which means you and I pay for it, library where Drag Queen Story Hour is all the rage. How's about a little growing pain story hour? He sent letters, requests, to 50 public libraries. Didn't hear boo from any of them. (laughs) You laugh or you cry. These are the same libraries that host Drag Queen Story Hours. That's fine. We'll pollute our children's minds seeing images they shouldn't see. Oh, and by the way, if you don't think it's all that bad, in Texas, here's the headline. A Texas venue cancels drag events. After video shows, Queens touching a girl. I didn't want to watch the video. It was the Christmas drag show, which once again, I got to tell you something. America, leave Christmas alone. That is a Christian celebration. You have no part in it. Christmas drag show put on by the San Antonio drag troupe and the video surface that showed really inappropriate, I'm sorry, really perfect behavior. (laughs) It's the growing pain who's the problem. (laughs) Get ready to join him. Let me take you to Great Britain for a moment. This is an important lesson for us because what's happening in Great Britain is slightly but Barely. Now it's a horse race. Slightly ahead of what's going on in America, there was a street preacher who had the audacity to quote a Bible verse. His name is John Dunn. He violated the Public Order Act. The Public Order Act, horrible piece of English legislation that says, if you outside of your own domicile say something or even do something that makes somebody feel uncomfortable, you've got to stop. And it is being used to shut down open-air preachers like John Dunn. There were two women walking by holding hands, and he said, I sure hope that your sisters know we're not. And he had the audacity to quote a Bible verse that said, homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. He was shut down. It went, it was on its way to trial. The prosecutor with the Crown Prosecution Service said, quote, there are references in the Bible which are simply no longer appropriate in modern society and which would be offensive if stated in public. 
That is the issue in a nutshell. And the Supreme Court is going to be rendering a decision in the months ahead that will have massive implications for every Christian, every religious person, frankly, every Muslim. Won't that be interesting? (laughs) How's that working out in Qatar right now? They want Christ out. They want self in. They do not want Christian morality. They do not want Christian values. And they are willing to gasp, discriminate. Oh, that word. Headline, Virginia restaurant refuses service to conservative Christian group over their beliefs. (laughs) Hell, that's fascinating. That's the very thing that we're told we can't do. But this restaurant can, quote, We have always refused service to anyone for making our staff feel uncomfortable. There it is. There, there's your public order act. They make it feel, if you make somebody feel uncomfortable, then we can discriminate against you. All righty then. The restaurant said the Christian group made LGBTQ and female staffers feel threatened because of their beliefs. Were they carrying signs? No. Were they berating people in the restaurant? No. They were simply identified as being Christian. And that was enough, and they were denied service. The restaurant staffers believed that this organization, quote, seeks to deprive women and LGBTQ persons of their basic rights in Virginia. It's a rights issue. This, this might actually be the bigger decision than even Obergefell in that. Obergefell was bad legislation, well, just based on law, but furthermore, it redefined the institution that has stabilized society for 2,000 years. That's bad. It also takes a Christian concept, because it is a Christian concept, that was initiated in the garden by God himself when Adam and Eve got married. That's what he was saying. I'm going to covenant with this woman. Till death do us part. Marriage is ours. The government decided, well, we're going to redefine that. That was bad. But now the question that was asked of John Roberts seven years ago is being answered. What about people who have a religious difference of opinion on the subject of marriage? And the prosecutor or the individual for the liberals in the Obergefell case said, that's a good question. We're going to have to figure that out. And so it is. We're figuring that out. And here we are. We are right now on the precipice of the decision being made that could determine whether or not you and I can say whatever we want about Christianity outside of our own front door. This is a big deal. If this were a talk show on Fox News, I would add the following commentary. We got to stop this. That's enough of this. We can't put up with this anymore. And while, of course, there are things that we can do like, you know, vote, there are things that we can do like, oh, you know, speak and be courageous and say, I'm sorry, I can't use those pronouns. (laughs) Speaking of which, I'll have to go find it because you won't believe me. And I, the first time somebody told me about this, I said, well, it's a spoof, right? And the answer was, it doesn't appear to be a spoof. It's a TikTok video 
of a woman explaining that her pronouns or somebody's pronouns was like uh like goat or walrus or it, it was an animal. <laughs> so goat went to the store earlier today and gave goat a pack of licorice so that goat could have it later. And it, it did not appear to be a joke. That's our world. And speech and religious liberty is on the line. They don't want us to use pronouns that they find offensive. And if we were Fox News, we'd get you consternated, whipped into a frenzy, and make you agitated, and then go to a commercial break. But instead, let's not just go, ah! let's ask what we can do. Let me take you back to Great Britain. Christian Post, Bill Connor writing an article, Lessons to Learn from Great Britain's Declining Christianity. You've heard some of these stats. Those claiming no religion, 37%. That's like a wild ride. There are now fewer professing Christians in Great Britain than there are unbelievers or other religions, which means that's the first time in British history. You know, the Great Britain, well, it's really said goodbye to its great part, or at least the part that made it great. It is now a secular society. A fellow named John Hayward, who's a British researcher, studied the data. As churches shrink, as denominations decline or go out of business, what did he observe? Here's the quote. To date, no growing church has adopted same-sex marriage. No growing church has adopted same-sex marriage. Just read that in Texas, over 400 Methodist churches have left the Methodist denomination. That there were a couple hundred in, was it North or South Carolina, Jimmy? North Carolina. North Carolina. No, that's, that's six, seven hundred right there. And as more and more leave, well, they can form a new denomination that it doesn't compromise, and there's a good chance they'll actually grow. Quote, all of these denominations hold firm to historic Christianity. They're evangelical in doctrine. And there are growing ones, the churches that stand on historic Christianity and against the progressive ideology. In other words, hold the line, you grow, capitulate, and you shrink. What can we do in light of what is happening? It's not the time to cower. It's not the time to stop believing. It's not the time to stop speaking. In fact, it's time for us to cling more tenaciously to the tenets of the Bible. And the benefit, the fruit, is that Jesus will grow his actual church. We always talk about, well, what are some of the benefits of a society that is hostile to Christianity? Well, we're seeing a denominational purge, but we see denominational growth when the church is biblical. Now, that's something we can actually do. This is Wretched Radio. Two. That's right, 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel, they're getting saved, their parents are getting saved, the church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches. It became a safe place.
place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. So you know that feeling you get at 5 o'clock on Friday afternoon. It's like a mixture of relief because the week is over and excitement because the weekend is upon you. Well, there's actually a feeling that's a whole lot better than that. And that is taking advantage of the Wretched 50-50 sale. Okay, so maybe that was a stretch, but the Wretched 50-50 sale going on right now is going to save you a ton of money and get you some free stuff as well. Just head on over to the Wretched store at wretched.org where you're going to find that Wretched products have been marked down by 50%, and when you spend $50 or more, well, we're going to give you a copy of Transform Season 1 while supplies last, plus we're going to ship it all to you absolutely free of charge. It's an amazing deal that quite possibly is going to make you feel better than 5 o'clock on Friday afternoon. Again, that's probably a stretch, but we're going to go with it. So head on over to wretched.org sale right now and take advantage of the Wretched 50-50 sale. Also, visit our donate page while you're there, wretched.org donate. Clearly, I am not the sharpest bulb in the drawer. Nevertheless, I can figure this out. In order for a woman who is experiencing a crisis pregnancy to see an ultrasound who 80% of the time chooses life, you've got to have an ultrasound machine. Perhaps you have the means to provide an entire ultrasound machine for a pre-born center. If you do, please know the people who use these machines every day, they know their power and they are so grateful. This is our sonogram room, but we call it the miracle room. But for many years, we didn't have much support for this miracle room. Thank you for the new machine that is on its way. Thank you indeed. And if you could provide an ultrasound machine or an ultrasound for just $28, please consider doing so. Preborn.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 1549. Archbishop Thomas Cranmer produces the Book of Common Prayer for the Church of England. Henry VIII created the Anglican Church as a mirror of the Catholic Church. But the Book of Common Prayer helped to mold the Church of England into a Protestant Church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. How to develop a long view. This is Wretched Radio. You say what? I say maybe, just maybe, you and I need to be like, oh, and that stabbing pain. I can't tell if it's my lower back, which is killing me, or what I'm about to say. Maybe we could learn a lesson from Islam. Yep, that's right. I just said it. Why? They've had a long view since their inception. They're willing to wait. They know that tides shift. They know that sometimes it takes time to develop military weapons in order to, you know, peacefully take over other nations. And so they wait and they wait for the right opportunity. In other words, they have a long view. They've been at world domination now for 15 centuries. I'd say that's a pretty long view. Now, here's the difference. We're not Muslims. We're Christians, and we don't take over nations. 
We don't amass military weaponry. No, we defend the truth. We preach the gospel. We raise our kids to love Jesus. We love our neighbors, but we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, which actually reminds me of Dennis Prager. Yeah, I know that kind of took a left-hand turn right there. Was sent an email from John at nine minutes into the November 23rd Lincoln on Thanksgiving episode of the Town Hall Review Conservative Commentary. Dennis Prager said, God is primarily concerned with, go ahead, Christian, fill in the blank. What is God primarily concerned with? Answer, his glory. Elevating the redemptive work of his son, Jesus Christ. Not according to Dennis Prager. Quote, God is primarily concerned with how we treat other people and is unconcerned with how we treat him. You know, other than love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you know those two tablets called the Ten Commandments. Other than that, oh yeah, all of the Mosaic laws, all of the moral values in the Bible, all of which are aimed at God. And Dennis should know that from reading the Psalms when King David said, Against you and you only have I sinned and done that which is evil in your sight. Why, why do we have commandments, the first commandments? <laughs> that are are the biggies because it has to do with offending God that we don't take his name in vain. We don't make a graven image. We don't put anything before him. Of course, God is concerned with the way we, quote, treat him. Our court case isn't going to be with one another. It's going to be with him. <sighs> Dennis, I love listening to him. I really do. And he's worth listening to. He truly is. But when he talks about religion, he's like Jordan Peterson. Have you seen any of the Exodus lectures from Jordan Peterson? I personally really enjoy listening to him. He's got an interesting voice and his vocab rivals Charles Spurgeon's. He's articulate and he tends to bend to the right when it comes to values. Appreciate much of it, but wow, when he talks about religion. You talk about a word salad? He turns the book of Exodus into something that is just incoherent. How does he do that? Everything in Jordan Peterson's world seems to get filtered through a Jungian filter. It's a lens that says, how does Carl Jung view reality? That's how we'll interpret the Bible based on what Carl Jung thinks. And that is why it is. It is. It is so hard to track and so hard to follow. Why? Because of his hermeneutic. He doesn't have a grammatical historical understanding of how to interpret the Bible, and that is because his view of the Bible is entirely insufficient. He does not believe it's the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. So you can just mangle it. It's malleable. As long as you kind of get the big gist. And in a, in a sense, Jordan Peterson is a bit Gnostic, and people seem to be gobbling it up with a spoon. He seems to be providing new insights into Exodus. Oh, is that what it was really? So when Pharaoh was actually keeping the Jewish people from going out to worship their God, what was really happening was, and they fill in the blank with whatever Jordan says, according to Carl Jung, and now you got the inside track, and it's attractive. The problem is it just isn't biblical. 
always have to filter everyone, even those who are morally and politically conservative. How do we respond, not just to Dennis and to Jordan, but how do we respond to this world that is aggressively saying, we want nothing to do with Christianity? We, we, we want it out. And there is no shortage of evidence that says the time is here. And I would like to suggest to you that one of the things that we can actually be doing is becoming more like, oh, that stabbing pain again. Like Muslims in developing a long view. No, I don't think that we should force people to convert by the sword <laughs> or even mandate blasphemy laws as much as I'd like to. But we should adopt the long view that they have practiced for, well, you know, so long. What do I mean by practicing a long view as a Christian? Here's, the, here's what I think is the fundamental question. There are ebbings and flowings in cultures, in society. That is why when you look at a world globe map from 50 years ago, it looks different than today and certainly 100 years ago, certainly 300 years ago. Hey, what happened to that country? Where did, what, where's the Holy Roman Empire anyway? It was an actual, you know, empire. It changes and it shifts. The question is, will we believe what we believe so constantly and consistently that no matter what the world is doing, we are going to behave like Christians? That's taking the long view. And it's predicated on actually believing that what we believe is true. And here are some of those fundamental beliefs that I think we should hold on to that will guide us, starting with Dennis Prager. What is God after? We believe that he's after his own glory for the good of his people. And if we believe that, that's going to guide how we engage with our world, isn't it? And if we believe that, then we are going to be faithful regardless of the consequences. Another verse, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. Peter's not going to, but if you'd like to know 25 reasons why Peter was not the first pope, you can go see our new YouTube video on that. I'm going to build my church on himself. He's the foundation. He's the corner. He's the one on whom the church is built. And he is relentless. And it's going to keep on keeping on. And that means you and I can see what's happening in our world and read stories like California elementary school teacher uses stuffed animals to teach kids a lesson on being gender fluid. <laughs> what do you do with that? Steady the course. Take the long view. Jesus is building his church. Now, how do I participate in that endeavor? Does this mean that you can't address your public library over this? Not, of course. But, that, but that's because we're trying to obey another commandment, which is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I don't think it's loving to expose kids to this nonsense. But I have other concepts and values from the Bible that I want to cling to as a foundation that will force me to stay on the correct trajectory regardless of what is happening in the evening news, if anybody watches that anymore. That we're to love God, that this is about his glory and his fame and his name, that Jesus Christ is building his church. 
that he desires believers to be saved. Well, that's going to help me, isn't it? It's also going to help me to perhaps, I guess all eschatologies ultimately, besides full-blown preterism, all eschatologies ultimately conclude with Jesus wins. I'm going to hold on to that. And that's going to help me have a long view. In the end, Jesus is victorious. He has placed me on his team. And I don't need to be concerned about eternity because I have been saved, which is another baseline principle that we need to remember. Jesus Christ saves sinners. He saved me. And now, as the salt and light that I am supposed to be, I live with shifting sands right now, with a nation that is crumbling, with a civilization that is flipping itself upside down. I think that I can also remember this. Darkness has a difficult time getting along with other darkness. It, it, is, a, it is a very tenuous relationship. For instance, this cutter business. The World Cup is going on in Qatar, where when you come to Qatar, this is what the government tells the visitors. No alcohol, no homosexuality, no immodesty, no profanity, no disrespecting a mosque, no loud music, no dating. (laughs) And then you've got all the players who want to be celebrating gay rights. Clash, bang, boom. And we need to remember that, that inevitably their house of cards will crumble on itself. Why? Because the father of lies doesn't win. Jesus does. And let us have that long view that will steady our hearts, put our hands to the plow, keep us from looking back, and keep us from getting off course. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. According to a report, Quakers in Britain will stop using the term overseer because of its connotations of oppression and slavery. The term has been used since 1753 to represent Quakers who provide pastoral oversight, support, and care. But during a recent meeting, leaders decided to change the term to pastoral friend instead as part of the Quakers' commitment to make practical reparations for the transatlantic slave trade colonialism and economic exploitation. Uh, The word overseer is used in the Bible. I wonder if they're going to stop using that too. The state of Louisiana has launched a tip line for parents to report sexually graphic and age-inappropriate materials being used in public educational institutions, which is the latest in an ongoing trend to resist the sexual indoctrination of children. Well, that's actually good news. Well, Hasbro, Paramount Plus, and Nickelodeon has launched a new Transformers series called Earthspark, and it's raised a few eyebrows. First, the series embraces the evil is good and good is evil mindset. Then it introduces a character by the name of Nightshade, who's the very first non-binary Transformer. I thought we could safely say that before, because aren't all robots non-binary? Because they're robots? And Shark Week is in the news as the Washington Post examines the Discovery Channel's popular week as racist because it lacks diversity and features too many white men as experts. Oh, and it emphasizes a negative message about sharks. You know, because sharks can kill you. 
So apparently the Discovery Channel has gotten it all wrong all this time. It's not that sharks are dangerous, it's white men that are dangerous. Sharks are perfectly safe. Actor Kirk Cameron and a proposed Story Hour event that promotes his latest faith-based book have been rejected by 50 public libraries so far. According to a report earlier this week, Cameron's team has reached out to dozens of public libraries in hopes that some would be willing to host an event for his latest book titled As We Grow, but not a single one has currently said yes. I bet if he agreed to dress in drag, he would get a lot of yeses. Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg just can't seem to stay out of the headlines. The View host recently referenced Jesus to defend Joe Biden. She defended the president's decision not to visit the border, complaining that all good things Biden did were never enough for people who just wanted to criticize him. She then made the comparison. He can't walk on all the water all the time. I'm just going to let that one speak for itself. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible The Gospel of Matthew is an account of the life of Christ written by one of Jesus' disciples. Matthew's Gospel shows Jesus as the promised Messiah, God's anointed King and Savior. When you hear of the Kingdom of Heaven, Remember that there is no kingdom without a king. Only those who bow before Jesus will enter his kingdom. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Would you care for a palate cleanser? This is Wretched Radio. Just went to a pretty snooty-tooty restaurant, which means I didn't pick up the tab. And on the dessert list, It offered sweets, your caramel frappe latte, chocolate, creme brulee sort of things. But then it had booze for dessert because there's no better idea than having hard liquor before you settle up and then get in your car and drive home. And underneath the booze portion of the dessert list, it said palate cleanser. And apparently this is some form of alcohol that, you know, gets that taste out of your mouth. I thought that used to be ice cream or sorbet or something where that that's what fancy people would do. They would take a little bit of the ice cream in between the courses to cleanse their palate. Well, apparently you can do that with hooch now. And we'd like to offer you our very own palate cleanser, not orally, but audibly. Why? Because your ears have been getting filled with a lot of stories. And we'd like to cleanse your palate and offer you something good. But before we get to that, we have one last course. I want to take you to Cutter. That's right. I said Cutter. Jimmy, how do you think you pronounce (laughs) Q-A-T-A-R? I always thought it was Qatar. Yeah, so did Glenn Campbell. But it's a Cutter. That's how you really say it. By the way, do you know how you say P-A-K-I-S-T-A-N? Pakistan. 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 Yeah. I've been there. Yeah, we can we can thank President Obama for that emphasis. Qatar is an Islamic country. It's not as violently Islamic as other Islamic nations are. It has a level of tolerance. How do I know? There are some good, and I mean Bible-believing good churches in Qatar. And this is another demonstration. Bible-based churches will grow no matter where they're planted, even in Qatar. They are growing. And you should be encouraged, dear pastor, to 
act like Toto and hold the line when it comes to theology and morality and values. You've got to find that delicate balance between winsomeness and courageousness. And it ain't easy. I get that because we're always supposed to be winsome in disposition. Now, sometimes that can sound stern, but there should always be an air that we're nice people. We're people who love. Even Paul encouraged Timothy to rebuke with gentleness. Pastor, you must continue to be gentle, but you must be courageous. I think that happens to be the need of the day, which is also the need du jour. In Qatar, churches are growing that are biblical, and your church will grow too. You say, I live in a community where there's not a lot of growth opportunities. I say, yes, there are. Let's remember proportions. If you're in a zip code where the population base isn't massive, like, you know, where Jimmy's church happens to be. Will you grow? And I think the answer is yes. Now, it won't perhaps be as exponentially as other Bible-based churches, but I don't think you're going to lose people. Okay, fine. I suppose somewhere out there, there could be some church that is dying despite the fact that it's remained biblical because all the kids are moving out, the older people who are believers are dying. I get that. But overall, the trend that we see internationally is churches that preach the word grow, and that includes Qatar, despite the fact that it is an Islamic nation where when you enter the country, it warns you. And when I say you, I mean Westerners, no alcohol, no homosexuality, no immodesty, no profanity, no disrespecting of mosques, no loud music, no dating. Where do I get that list? From a serrated edge, a sarcastic article in My Christian Daily. Double standards, woke dilemma, the left is in a real quandary over Qatar. Why? Because the World Cup has descended on this Islamic nation and you're seeing a collision of values. That's what you're seeing right now. And this article is so loaded with sarcasm that we'll just enjoy this before our palate cleanser. It is always enjoyable watching the secular left squirm on the horns of a dilemma. (laughs) The left's hatred of the West includes at least two things. Affirmation of Islam and affirmation of homosexuality. Dun, dun, dun. So what happens when a major sporting event is held in a Muslim-majority nation? Do they condemn Qatar for its anti-gay stance, or do they condemn gays for not respecting Islamic culture and values? (laughs) Now, you're seeing some instances where people think they've won. They've told Islam, you're wrong, because I think the Japanese team, they covered their mouths during the opening ceremony, something like that. But. If you're really going to be courageous and stand for your values, don't cover your mouth. Open your mouth and see where that gets you in Cutter. <laughs> Back to the article. Andrew Thorburn was forced out of the AFL by the woke brigade. By the way, Jimmy, did you read any more on that story about, is it Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys? Is that the fellow's name? Yes. Uh-huh. Did you follow the story when he was 14 years old? He was in a photograph. Right. At, um, I guess when they had started seg- uh, segregating or, or ending segregation for schools in, uh, in Arkansas, where he's from. And he wanted to, be, uh, he was just standing there. He was standing there as uh, a group of 
white students block black students from entering. Got it. Yeah. Okay. He was 14 years old. He's, he's going to the dry cleaners. They're just taking him to task over that. He was 14. Now, if the man has exhibited racist characteristics all of his life, now if you want to spend your time talking about that, fine. But 14, 14, the left has no grace. They have no forgiveness. There is no mercy on the left. You blow it at any time in your life. In kindergarten, we saw that you pushed a girl, which means you're a homophobe and you're not going to have a job anymore. It's uh, totally, well, what's the word I'm looking for, ironically? Intolerant is what it is. Andrew Thorburn was forced out of the AFL. While we had crickets chirping about an AFLW player who would not take part in a homosexual pride round match because she's a Muslim. Nobody chewed her out for her beliefs. This is going to be fascinating to watch. I, I, I suspect I'll be dead before we see this fully unfold. But the left does have a problem, and its name is Islam, the religion of pieces, because that's the effect of their handiwork on buses and city centers. What's the left going to do with Islam? They, 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 they run roughshod on Christians because we are the religion of the Prince of Peace. We are the religion that loves. We are the ones who turn the other cheek. Islam, not so much. And that is where I think we're probably going to see the next clash. My opinion, that's all it is. I'm not a prophet. My opinion is our ability to speak freely to believe and actually practice our faith outside of the church doors, if they still allow us to have those. I, I think we're going to lose that as Christians, but there stands Islam. And they don't play. What will the left do with that? Does this mean, this is from the article at mychristiandaily.com, does this mean they are all insisting we must ban people from going there? This is following the list of no alcohol, no homosexuality, no immodesty, no profanity. Does this mean they're insisting we must ban people from going there and we must condemn Cutter in the strongest of terms? As it turns out, the answer to both questions is a big fat no. Of course they haven't. Offending Islam is almost as big a taboo for Western lefties as attacking Christianity is a must. What will they do when Islam finally opens up their mouths and says, not a chance. You're not going to make us do that ceremony in our mosque. They don't play. This is a dilemma for the left. This incoherence of the leftist ideology is made evident when they want to support feminism and the LGBT agenda on the one hand, but call critics of Islam at least if they are in Europe or North America, racists and Islamophobes on the other hand. How's it playing out? Well, it's kind of being swept under the carpet, but if the leftists were consistent, which they never are, their vocal cords would be shredded right now because they'd be screaming so loudly about the oppressive beliefs of the religion of Islam and Qatar. But you don't see that. Because at the moment, at the moment, darkness is partnering with darkness. And if there's ever, I'm just guessing here, I really, this is, this is just a guess. I don't think that unless the Lord moves and the church really starts behaving like the church and there's an, a mass evangelistic effort, that's how revivals happen, by the way. 
They don't just happen because God blows. He uses his people. And if we got busy, we could see a lot of people getting saved and a society return to sanity. I don't know that that's going to happen. And if it doesn't, it's going to be interesting. The court cases might be different when it involves a Muslim who won't bake a cake or won't design a website. Then we're going to see what darkness does with darkness. Until then, in this regard, even though the world certainly is getting dangerous, make your popcorn, lots of butter and salt, and watch the show as the left is thrust on the horns of a dilemma. Would you care for your palate cleanser now? You'll get it next on Wretched Radio. Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Masters Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. I'm not quite sure if you've jumped on the Road Trip to Truth Season 3 just yet, but if you haven't, let me tell you, this is an excellent resource, not only for you and your kids, but also for your church's youth group and even adult classes. Road Trip to Truth Season 3 tackles issues like aliens, masculinity, femininity, and a lot of other topics. 13 episodes worth with experts like Dr. Paul Twist, Dr. Jason Lyle, Tom Hannon, Alan Parr, and others. Check it out right now in the Wretched store at wretched.org. And while you're there, check out our donate page and read up on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner because resources like Road Trip to Truth are not possible without the generosity of our gospel partners. And right now through the end of the year is the absolute best time for you to become a Wretched Gospel Partner because every dollar you're able to donate will be matched through the end of the year. All the details and information available right now at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Well, here's something you'll almost never hear a talk radio show host say, don't be like me. That's right. A talk show host saying, don't be like me. Why? Because we dilly-dallied regarding MediShare. We learned about affordable biblical health sharing, an alternative to traditional health insurance, which saves on average $500 per month per family. And we thought, well, eh. And the next thing you know, over 24 months went by before we got serious about investigating MediShare. We did. It passed the Friel family sniff test. And we are very happy that we are members and only lament that we hadn't done it sooner. So please, don't be like me. Check out MediShare for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. Call now. 1-844-34-BIBLE. Mexican. 
Providence is the word we use to describe God's preserving, upholding, and governing of His creation. God sustains His creation day to day through ordinary means established at the beginning of time, and He intervenes in miraculous ways. In all things, God is working for His glory and for the good of those who love Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Here's your spoon for your lemon sorbet. This is Wretched Radio. Enough of what the world is doing. Let's cleanse our palates and enjoy some good things that are happening inside of the church. Two different reports, one in the Christian Post, the other in the Christian Post, talking about the giving of evangelicals, specifically during covid Another reminder, Christians are the giving people. (laughs) We get blasted by unbelievers. Well, how come you're not taking care of everybody? Well, we're trying, but we're taking care of as many as we can. And one example of that is the statistics of giving. People who are believers, specifically, by the way, who are more Bible-engaged, They give way more than unbelievers. Why? Because we believe that we are commanded to give and to be charitable out of our hearts, not under compulsion via the governmental mechanism. That's what the left, that's their giving. Well, I pay taxes and lots of them because I keep voting for leftists who want to raise taxes. Can anybody explain to me? Here's Here's a dilemma that I've had that I've never been able to chew through. Wall Street. Whenever you hear about which way is Wall Street going to vote? Now, I don't know how they do their polling, how accurate it is, but it's always, oh, they're bending toward the liberal Democrat. And I always go, if that's true, what, why? What, have you seen the stock market? <laughs> it just drops every time there's a liberal in, or it just has very slow gains. But when there are policies that get the government off the back of industry, you tend to see flourishing. Why, oh, why does Wall Street vote for the left? It's like shooting themselves in the foot. Christians give more than people on Wall Street, apparently. Here's the headline. Evangelical charities saw rise in giving during the pandemic. Three years ago? Wow, it seems like a nightmare ago. Three years ago, when the COVID thing hit, a lot of us got together. Those of us who are like-minded ministries, we asked the question, hmm, what does the future hold? Now, a good ministry, they, they should be willing to say, if the Lord turns off the tap of funding from Christians via gifts, then the Lord doesn't want this ministry to go on. And we won't adopt tactics that are manipulative that the world uses to stay in business. No, if you believe that your ministry is the Lord's ministry, if the Lord shuts it down by decreasing the funds, then you go out of business and you go serve the Lord somewhere else. So it's a very loose handled handling of giving from good ministries. And we all just ask the question, so what do you think is going to happen? I think most people said, well, it seems that giving will go down because people are losing their jobs. There are a lot of that. The the economy is horrible. Surprise! Christians showed up. Not only did they show up 
for scripture based ministries because it was scripture driven Christians who did the most giving. The ministries that I know, God's people were more generous than ever. Here's the statistics. Despite the pressures of the COVID pandemic and lockdowns, hundreds of evangelical organizations saw a rise in donations from 2020 to 2021. How cool is that? That is, mm, love that. This is from the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability found its average member organization saw a 3% increase in cash donations from 2020 to 2021. Now, that statistic that I would be interested in, a little bit more digging. So, George Barna, if you're listening, <laughs> probably not. Here's a, if you're from Lifeway, here's something that you could poll on church giving. It turns out church giving during the same, so parachurch ministries saw an increase. Churches saw a decrease of 6%. And the details, I think, are going to be important. Because my suspicion is, once again, Bible-based churches saw an increase in giving. I'm guessing on this, but they saw a growth. They didn't shrink. They gained. As there were a lot of churches who were just being squishy, and those that were being biblical in their preaching and teaching and polity and practice, they grew. And I suspect their giving went up when other church giving went down. Nevertheless. We see that Christians show up when it comes to giving. Last year was the largest annual increase in giving that we've seen in the last 10 years from the ECFA, of which we happen to be a member, by the way. The other headline reads, Scripture-engaged Americans gave more than guess to charity in 2021. Jimmy, if you haven't seen this headline, how much did Scripture-engaged Americans, in other words, these are people who actually read their Bible on a somewhat consistent basis. Uh -huh. How much do you think they gave in a year? Like a total number? Yeah. $20 billion. You're $125 billion short. Wow. That's, that's economy moving. That's a, that's a lot of money. Giving more on average to churches and other charitable organizations than other subgroups are those who are scripturally engaged. It accounted for 44% of all donations given to charity last year. You might find yourself doing some open-air preaching. Do you remember the, the young lady at, I think it was at UGA, doing some open-air preaching? And she was, she was just berating me with accusations. So why are there people that are hurting and there are hungry and there's unadopted kids? Well, what are you doing about that? Well, I now can give her 145 billion answers to those questions. Christians are the biggest givers. Scripturally engaged Christians are the biggest givers. Why? Because we've been given so much. We give out of the abundance of what has been given to us. Scripture-engaged Americans gave an average of $2,941 to charity last year. That is a ton of money, is what that is. The Scripture disengaged, because of their scriptural engagement scale, gave $649. In other words, <sighs> price people are giving people. That is a palate cleanser, wouldn't you say? 
81% of practicing Christians donated to charity in 2021. You can compare that to 52% of non-Christian. Okay. All right. I've been trying to resist this temptation, but I'm going to give in. If you are in the position to give, um, might I, at the end of the year, encourage you to consider us? Please make sure you're taking care of your local church first. That's priority number one. That, that's the pillar. That's the foundation. This ministry exists in support of the local church to encourage, to provide resources, and send people to Bible-based churches because, oh, how I have learned over the years, <laughs> there are limits to the effectiveness of a parachurch ministry where the deep work happens is in the context of the local church. So if you're not supporting your small o orthodox church, please be giving to them. But if you have additional funds and if in some way, shape or form, this ministry has been a blessing to you because of very generous Christians, we've got one of those, mat we've, never, we've never had this before, a, a matching deal. So if you will give, other people will give that much in so it basically doubles it so this would be a good time to consider visiting wretched.org slash donate you say my palate isn't quite cleansed yet then let us listen for one minute just one minute this is a pastor who memorized the entire book of romans and recited it as the sermon took him about 50 minutes enjoy Romans being preached. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus. Amen. Of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in his flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Oh, I hate to end that. My palate was not only getting cleansed. That's very tasty. Jimmy, what's the name of that preacher fellow? Uh, Matt Bedzik. Matt, well done, sir. You cleansed our palates. You blessed your people and gave us a model. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.